UMGoBlue.com. By fans, for fans. Since 1999. Welcome to this edition of the UMGoBlue.com podcast. This is Phil Callahan along with... Andy Anderson. And here we are. It's a happy day. We get to discuss not only Michigan's home opener, but the very first home victory, the very first victory under... The return of Ann Arbor and U of M's favorite son, Jim Harbaugh. Well, Andy, what did you think about that great big Michigan victory? Well, I thought the start was uh, poor. The opening drive that they had drove down uh, right straight down to a touchdown, and Michigan's defense looked absolutely clueless. That was a bit of a shocker and took breath away for a while. But they came back. They made the plays. They took advantage of errors. They looked organized like a team, crisp, sharp, hard-hitting. And I've never seen uh, Smith run like he ran. He had some elusiveness, plus all that power, dragging piles, running over people, going time after time. The only question that arises is the one in mind, and what are they going to do if something happens to Smith? Greg Johnson got a carry, and maybe he'll come on before the season's all over, but they need more than just one back. The other backs continued to look, in my opinion, pretty pedestrian. Smith was head and shoulders above all of them. Well, you know, I wanted to address, you know, your thing about that very first drive. And I want to, you know, bring the focus back a little bit. And, you know, you've been watching Michigan football for a really long time. I've been watching Michigan football for a long time, although not as long as you. Um, you know, is it amazing how many times you can look back in your memory and see an opponent just march on that first drive and look like world beaters and then just completely get bottled up after that? So. It was weird because while it was it was stunning to see and a little worrisome there for a few minutes, it really it really reminded me of, of the good times of Michigan football where where a team would come in and I know that sounds kinda you know counterintuitive, but you know, I, I I seem to remember at least a half a dozen times of teams doing that. You know, especially in the in the early season, you know, an eastern or a western or a central coming in and just you know basically just giving it their best for, you know, five minutes and then, you know, the world returning to its axis. Um, you know, it's interesting because I, I was listening to and doing some research and apparently um, what they did is they were able to script their first 15 or 20 plays and one of the uh, one of the analysts and one of the writers for, you know, for them basically said, you know, the deal is you have a young quarterback who when he has a script He's really good at executing, but when it comes to executing on the fly, you know, we saw a night and day difference. Now, what I'm thinking is, if I'm that other coach, I just keep scripting those same 15 plays because, man, they look like world beaters there. Um, but I was sure glad to see the defense step up. So, Well, I think this is a sign of good coaching. I really do. When our coaches see what's on the other plate, they can adjust and counter it. And I, I think that that happened to a great degree because they really put the clamps on them for the rest of the game. For two minutes, 
they uh, they were the Beavers were the best team. For the rest of the rest of the game, Michigan was the best team on the field, and there wasn't any question about it. And they took advantage of theirs. Although that certainly was a when it, when Michigan was up, what was it, ten uh, seven, and that punt went sailing down to the three yard line. That was a beautiful TV shot. I saw it on TV afterwards with the ball coming right back over the guy's head. Absolutely beautiful shot, and our people were on it quickly. <laughs> and they took advantage of it. Although they didn't just walk in the end zone took a couple, three times, didn't it? Well, you know, the thing about that is you had such a huge swing because on one hand you had Michigan almost get, you know, stuck in no man's land. You have the play get reset, and then you have that just insane punt. And I thought, you know, one of the funny things was Coach Harbaugh called that a once in every century play, or once every 50 years. And, you know, it's amazing because so many times you see snappers who who the ball doesn't get nearly far enough. You know, if, if they screw up, it's it's it, it kind of bounces or bowls back to the uh, to the punter. And rarely do you see somebody just loft it like that. So, you know, that was kind of entertaining to see. You know, it's interesting. You talk about Devion Smith having a big game, and, and again, he looked great. You know, he had 23 carries, 127 yards. The thing that I thought was really amazing is he only had one yard for a loss. So, you know, you end up with, you know, 23 for 126 yards, three touchdowns, a loss of 19, five and a half yards per carry. You know, that's Michigan running like we get used to. The thing that I wonder, though, is that as I was watching the game, it really appeared to me that Michigan really just physically took took it to Oregon State, especially in the second half. I mean, it really looked like they were beat down. And listen, it's great to see us put a beat down on somebody, and it's great to see us roll over somebody. Lord knows it's been a long time since we've seen that on a consistent basis uh, in these parts. But I look at the I look at the run totals and I, I wonder what that is. I mean I I wonder what we're seeing. Are we seeing that Michigan was well conditioned? A well, that's a great thing. You know they always talk about how hard it is for West Coast teams to come out here and especially play a uh, a noon game. I mean that's like getting up for at 9 a.m. for them. So listen, I'm glad I'm glad at the score. I'm glad everything that happened, but. I'm still wondering what we're actually seeing out there. Um, what did you think of uh, our quarterback, Mr. Rudock? I think that you ought to be very glad that you have him. He makes his mistakes. He made a couple of mistakes in that one, but that fumble of his was not his fault. Somebody got a straight shot at him. Nobody touched him. He came clean and hit him hard. And fortunately... Bolden was there to snatch it out of the air and advance it 18 yards or whatever it was. Uh, a beautiful play and really a lifesaver of a play and maybe a turning point in the game because they got going after that. They just got going. So this, they didn't beat a great team, but they beat a reasonably good team and they beat a decent coaching staff. Gary Anderson is no slouch. He knew what he was doing, and he had the script for his team to be successful on that first run. 
you got to remember that our defense was facing a freshman quarterback in his second game, his first away game. And so that made a difference. And for a while, he was running a spread that was decently effective and uh, hurt us a little outside. Michigan is not a perfect team. And when Harbaugh says that there's work to do, Harbaugh's being honest with you. There's work to do. But there are pieces in place, and these guys seem to be willing to do the work. So, again, I'm, uh, I'm going to keep pressing on you. So, yes, it's good we have Ruddock, but, you know, and I, keep, I keep fumbling over that, or how we're pronouncing it, Rudock. Um, it's Rudock, yeah. Yeah. You know, it reminds me of, uh, you know, that thing on the A-team, Braddock, you know. <laughs> so, but anyway, we got Rudock. And my question is, two games, five turnovers. And I really thought that after last week's game, Coach Harbaugh was really going out of his way to point out that there were a lot of, quote-unquote, other fingerprints on the turnovers. You know, five turnovers, two games, mm, you know, not a super great opponent yesterday. I really want to see... no turnovers from the quarterback position next week. You know, Michigan clearly outclasses UNLV, and I know that there's a point of getting everybody in sync, but, you know, two turnovers against Michigan State or Ohio State later in the year will be deadly for, for this team. So I'm going to be looking for that. So I'm not, I'm not worried about that. I, don't, I think that the kid is a smart kid. I think that he's very well coached by Harbaugh and uh, everybody else is coaching And I think that will work itself out. That the interception that he threw was late in the game didn't change the complexion of the game. And Harbaugh said in the press conference afterwards it was because he didn't use a wide enough scope of vision across his horizontal vision was not good on that. I thought the guy had a tremendous game, and I think he's going to be a very good quarterback uh, for Michigan as long as he gets protection and doesn't get hurt. What worries me more than Rudock making mistakes is the line letting someone come clean and giving that kind of a whack because that's got to hurt him and obviously there's nobody that's ready right now. They don't want to put Morris in there uh, if they don't have to, it looks like he's going to redshirt this year and have two years of eligibility to compete for the starting job left, which I think would be a bonus for Michigan. I think he'd be very good with all that experience, all that background. So I, I think you're going to see them improve, and I think you're going to see the offensive scheme get more complex. And there's there's the. Harbaugh is a sneaky coach, and he's going to sneak things in there. Oh, uh, I can't right now remember the name. What's the name of the of the tight end that caught the twenty-one yard pass? Are we talking it's about not, Are we talking about Jake Bott or AJ Williams? No, the, the the one you didn't mention. Oh, would be great. The um, he's uh, a freshman. Ian Bunning. Yes, he looked good. He looked good, so they're really developing a, a pile of tight ends, and I think you're going to see them used an awful lot. 
in the passing game. And wasn't it nice to see A.J. Williams calling one? You know, again, I, it's great. Not a super challenging opponent. It was nice to see the ball get, get spun around. You know, I don't, two games into the season, I don't know who we're going to redshirt at quarterback. Um, I, I agree that Rudock is, is definitely the leader. Um, you know, the thing I struggle with is that this guy is not a freshman or a sophomore. He's, you know, he's a fifth-year guy, so, you know, graduate. So, uh, again, I, I, I hope that he can he can up the game. Um, I think that, here, I'll, be, I'll say it like this. I think the quarterback position still has a long way to go. Um, and, unfortunately, it's going to get a lot of the focus because that comes with that. But, you know, on to the next topic. Andy, what do you think about our coach going nuts on the sideline multiple times? I, I figured uh, you'd have something to say about that. I loved it. He's invested. I thought he had sufficient cause. I thought it was a very questionable call without a clear rule. And he's invested in his team. He's going to fight for him. And he shows it. I don't have any problem with that at all. He didn't push anybody, he didn't shove anybody, but he certainly got his point across that he was disgusted. And I thought he had every right to. So I'm not going to fault Harbaugh at all for that. He had a controlled rage there. And the point certainly was demonstrated to the official that he did not like the call. He made his point. You know, it, it's interesting because to go off on a very wide tangent here, um, when I was helping out with, with uh, you know the high school football team I helped out with for, for over 20 years, we had a very similar play happen on a, on a rolling punt like that. And what so soon as it happened... It was an instant deja vu. And unfortunately for us, it, it happened against a team that we had never beat on the road. And it happened in the last minute of the game. And, the, you know, basically, instead of the team getting, you know, smothered on a fourth down and, and a big loss, um, and they would have had to turn the ball over to us with no timeouts, and we probably would have won the game, it extended a drive, and they ended up beating us with about 10 seconds to go on the clock. So soon as, as it happened to Michigan and Harbaugh was going nuts, I knew the rule. I mean, it, it's one of those things where when you have that happen to you, you go, oh, yeah, seen that before. So it, it was interesting to see the coach Harbaugh had exactly my opinion of the play that I had had, you know, when I had, had it happen to us. You know, the thing, that I, the thing that I wonder, though, here's what I liked. And I really like this in watching the replay of the game on TV. You know, one of the things that I... One of, okay, there are very many valid criticisms of, of Coach Hoke. But I, I never got a feeling that Hoke worked the refs very well. He seemed... Uh, he seemed very reactive. Like, basically, he wasn't proactive... You know, after they'd get a couple bad calls, he would go out there and, and chew on the ref. But, you know, there is definitely a, a strategy of being in the ref's ear and constantly letting them know what you think of what they're doing. And I think that, that Harbaugh was very clear that um, he, you know, he was the dominant in that relationship. You know, he was not going to sit back and be passive as the refs did their thing. 
And on one hand, I look at that and I go, you know, you have that kind of big victory, and, and you know, do you really need to go off on that? Like you said, he's fully invested. He's fully engaged. He's going to be, he's going to have his, you know, accelerator to the firewall, whether it's the fourth quarter of a blowout, uh, on either side of a blowout. You know, I don't think you're going to see him passively go into that good night uh, if they end up getting blown out in the game. And it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, I, I really, you know, you can only imagine, you know, they used to have a khaki cam. I got to believe that, that, that one of these networks is going to have a hardball cam. Because, man, when he gets upset, when he gets pissed at a ref, you know, all 100,000 people in the stadium and, and probably a few people in the parking lot sure knew about it. So oh, yeah. it's going to be yeah. interesting to see, though, you know, and let's go back in our lore. I mean, you had Woody Hayes, who used to chew on refs and, and obviously went over the line more than a few times. Um, I think the danger you have when you ride the refs constantly is that they're going to just start tuning you out. I think you need to pick your spots. So it'll be interesting to see if, if that's his mode, game in and game out. <laughs> Bo Schembechler uh, did get a, a, a backlash from his behavior in some of his calls, or at least he said he did. Uh, you know, uh, because he went off, flew off the handle so much. Yeah, but he did it a lot more awkwardly than than uh, he didn't throw his headphones and get tangled up in the cords and almost fall. Uh, Harbaugh seems to be pretty artistic with this rage. He, he he really wasn't kicking at the ref. He was just showing the ref how the play went and what what the guy did. And I thought I thought it was all to the good. All of it. Shows he's rested, man. He cares, and I think this this coaching staff is beginning to show me a little something. Now, this wasn't a great victory, and it wasn't one that go down in the books as the best victory Michigan ever had. But it sure was. You got to start someplace, and it's time this team had one to increase their confidence. So I think more than it looks like on paper. It will invest this team with with a better attitude and show that their work, all that hard work, all those hard knocks they take, if they pay attention and do what they're told, it's going to pay off for them. And that's the way I think about this coaching staff. There's no reason to be a disbeliever yet. And I hope we don't see some chinks, but I don't think we will. I think I think the coaching staff as a team is the best they've had there in a very long while. Well, I definitely hope they keep it up. You know, uh, we, you and I talk a lot about how you try to ask, you try to formulate in your brain a question that Coach Harbaugh would respond to. And he has, he has said repeatedly, it's just another game. And, you know, he says all the right things about how it's really not about the coaches, it's about the young men and their families. And that is an amazing response, and it is amazingly true. But there is no way that game didn't have a little extra oomph for him. And I'll tell you, when I saw him going off on the sideline, I kind of, it, it kind of reminded me that he was, that he was burning off some emotion. 
And not that we're not going to see that, but I think we got a little extra. We got a little extra yesterday. So, um, you know, on, on you know, from a practical standpoint, it's great to get that first win in. It's great to get in the win column. You know, we have UNLV coming up, which I think should be a similar result, minus the total domination of our opponent by our opponent in the first minute. And I tell you, I feel a lot better. It looks like the I thought the offensive line had a decent game. Chris Wormley had that monster sack, just oh, yep. just tore that guy up. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm I'm surprised they didn't have to pick that quarterback up and put him back together after that. Um, you know, all in all, we're we're seeing the I think the genesis of you know something really good. You know, I want to address one thing. So one of my friends on Facebook said, you know, that was the kind of boring, dominant victory that, that people would have screamed bloody murder about under Lloyd Carr and would have been really, you know, eh, not impressed by if it had been Brady Hoke. And, you know, the difference was, first, I do, you know, you and I talk about it. I do think that people didn't appreciate how good Michigan was, uh, you know, until the last few years of, of Coach Carr. And, you know, the problem with, with Brady Hoke is if we had seen that response last year or the year before, or that result, that would have been the highlight of the season. And that is not what's going on here. You know, I'm not saying this team's going to turn around this year and win the next 10 games, Andy. But you mentioned the coaching. Um, we, we've talked to a lot of coaches, you know, and we, we and that's the nice thing. We've had that privilege of talking not yep. only to Michigan coaches, and you've talked to many more Michigan coaches throughout the years than I have. Yep. But we've had the opportunity to talk to opposing coaches, which, you know, you, again, you see the whole gamut. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I've noticed talking to these guys is – you would talk to some of Rich Rod's people, and eh, you kind of gave them the benefit of the doubt that they knew what they were doing. Because let's be honest, football is not rocket science, despite what, despite the failures we've seen here for seven years. Football is not rocket science. So I think sometimes you can talk to a coach who's, who's not really great, and they can say all the right things. Um, the difference... In talking to these coaches, and I think a lot of it is that not only have they performed and coached at a high level in college, but they've also been to the pros, is that there is a very, very different tenor to the discussions. It's a, we need to do X, Y, and Z. Yeah, we can do X. We're halfway to Y. We know we're going to get to Z. It's very self-assured. It's... These guys have been there, they've done that, and they may not necessarily be able to get the team where it needs to go with this group of players this year. But you can see that they kind of have an eye on where they need to go, and they've already been there and done it. It's not a, it's not going to be a surprise for them. They're not learning on the job. And, you know, I think specifically back to, you know, talking to Al Borges, okay, and despite what, what you know, many fans might think. I mean, I think Al Borges is a really brilliant guy. Me too. Uh, 
I think that, I think that his problem was his reach exceeding his grasp. He thought he was way smarter than people. And he was always trying to push the players past what they could do reasonably. And I don't mean that in a, hey, give your best effort, guys. I mean in a, you know, and, you know, and again, I, I was thinking as we were, as I was listening to some of the coaches talk that you had Borges, who I think was always trying to impress people with how smart he was. He was a, he was an evil genius of the offense. And, and these guys, listen, they've been thrown down the gauntlet by Coach Harbaugh. They've been assembled to put together a winner. And they know how to do it. And really, they don't need you. They know that the, the product on the field will dictate how they're perceived. And they know how to go about it. And it's not that they don't, they, you know, they're not going out of their way to impress you. They have a confidence. They have an air about them. And it's really a difference that I've seen. And, and it's, it's interesting. It's interesting. You know, one of the questions I had was if um, Greg Madison's presence as a returning coach was going to cast a pale over the defensive staff. And I'll tell you what, first of all, all kudos to, to Coach Madison for being able to take a smaller role. You know, the, you know, I could not imagine having been the defensive coordinator and then stepping back. But the reality is, you know, and, and I asked him, you know, in the spring, and, and he said it, and I think he's right. Listen, on this staff, these guys are good top to bottom. He has no problem answering to them because he knows they're good, and the players know they're good. So there is no player who, who, who looks at Madison and thinks maybe that, that he should be running the show. You know, and not that he couldn't run the show. But the question is, is this is how it is. These guys have the confidence, and, and you know, they're, they're going to be moving forward. I mean, I, I am, I've, you know, one of the things I love to do is I love to watch how coaches coach, okay? And I'm really looking forward to see how these coaches coach. I think I think we're really going to learn some things the next couple of years. Well, we aren't always going to be so laudatory because they're going to make some mistakes and do some things we don't like, and we're going to say we don't like them. But all in all, this group seems to work as a team. They are like teeth in a gear. They're going together. Madison knows his role, and he makes it very plain he knows what his role is, and it's not the other role that he had as defensive coordinator. And uh, they're all on the same page. One thing, I, one tidbit I thought you might find interesting is that when this game, when they introduced the players, that Jabril Peppers got the biggest applause. There's no question about that. And the biggest applause of all was when they introduced Coach Harbaugh. When they announced Jim's name, the place went nuts. And it was quite a nice welcome to him. I just wonder how long that's going to be that way. How long will Jim Harbaugh get the most applause and the actual players, each one, get a little lesser applause? I don't think that'll last forever. And uh, I'd like to see that turn around at some time in the near future. And these players can do that. 
by standing up to their roles and performing like they should perform. I think they got every reason to. Jim Harbaugh has had everything he asked for when he came to Michigan. He has gotten it and then some. They couldn't have been more responsive. He has everything he asked for. So I think they're in a good position to jump off to something good. Certainly hope so. I'm getting old. they got to hurry up. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of the UMGoBlue.com podcast. This is Phil Callahan along with... Andy Anderson. Go Blue. Thank you for listening to the UMGoBlue.com podcast. All rights reserved. Search for UMGoBlue.com on iTunes. Go Blue.